right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our third episode of Gen CEO. We have my good sis, founder of Full Court Press Agency, Courtney Williams in the building. Let's go. What up, what up, what up, what up? How you doing today? I'm great. I'm great to be here. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I definitely appreciate your presence. You know, we got some shit to talk about today. (laughs) (laughs) So first, let's start off uh, with the mental check. How are you doing during quarantine? You know, how are you staying busy? How are you staying positive? All of those things. Yeah. um, This week actually has been better than a lot of the weeks that I've had during quarantine. Um, I've definitely took the time out to prioritize me, shit, Mm -hmm. my mental health, my spirituality, um, just focusing on me. Because a lot of the time outside of quarantine, I was always working or putting my energy elsewhere, but now I ain't got shit else to do but to really sit with myself and really keep myself out. And um, it it started off pretty difficult, but now I'm I'm, I'm finding a routine. I'm getting into that and um, it's looking good. So so walk me through that Um, because, you know, we we say that, but what does that look like or what does that conversation look like when you sit yourself down and say, Shit, I need to get myself together. Absolutely. Um, so let me just start off with the fact that during this time, like, I lost two uncles in two days. Shit. I'm so sorry you know to hear that. I mean? So sorry to hear that. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. But um, that really sat me down. That mm-hmm. sat me the fuck down. Like, um, I'm, I haven't experienced a loss like that in such a long time. And I was having so many good days prior to all of this craziness going on in the world and mm-hmm. it really just made me sit down and um talk to myself um and when I mentioned spirituality um I started uh, I joined a life group that my cousin and his friends started so uh, shout out to Mo and Chris they started this um life group that we do every Friday we basically just talk about and reflect about our week how we doing spiritually um and we just keep we hold each other accountable of like how we're doing and not you know, doing too much on ourselves, easy on ourselves, and mm-hmm. definitely, um, I started to start reading the Word. I've got back into reading the Bible, something I haven't done in so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't tell you the last time I really sat down and put some time into that. So, um, those things definitely help my journey. So, and, would you say that this time was needed, like in hindsight, like you know, I was moving too fast, or yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because, like, right before I got here, you know, I was out of town for two months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was like, I was on tour. Like, I was <laughs> <laughs> ready to get right back to it. Ready to get right back to it. And, like, um, I got here, I got back in town, like, the week the world started shutting down. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I got, I got back in Detroit, like, the day before the NBA canceled. And I'm like, oh, y'all for real. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, if they man. if they cancel the NBA, you know some shit is up. I knew something was up, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is for real. And um, I really like right yeah, right when I got back in town, I couldn't really do much because mm-hmm. events was canceling that I had planned on going to. I had missed out on so much being away from home, and I wanted to get back to that. I was so mm-hmm. thirsty to get back in these streets and you know <laughs> <laughs> show my face out here, but. Yeah, it definitely forced me to sit down for sure. Now, would you say, um, would you say that you're you're more so focused on you know getting your mental and your spirituality together, or you're looking to come out of this with new ideas, new creative you know angles, et cetera? I would love to come out here with um, new creative angles, but right now I am definitely prioritizing me. If that comes along with it, great. That's beautiful. That's, you know, an extra. But right now, my priority is me and getting me together, for sure. It's so important because, you know, I'm kind of experiencing the same thing right now where it's it's just a day-by-day situation. You know, you can wake up one day and you feel great, you feel motivated, and then you can wake up the next day and just... This, this pandemic shows us what companies, what people really care about us or, you know, care about you as a human race. And I'm kind of experiencing that right now with my full-time job. And um, I've been able to, uh, I know in the last episode that I talked about uh, 
reaching back out to the th- the therapist that was actually the best for me. And I know God is just really on time because as soon as all of this stuff has been happening, she reached back out to me and it was just like right on time. So going through all of that, you know, all of these different emotions and then having my job, you know, have all of these crazy expectations and all of these things that were simply just unethical. It's like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to take this week off and I'm not going to deal with none of this shit at my job because I'm not about to risk my life. I'm not about to risk my mental health and let me get that chance to actually just build on myself, you know, just literally focus on myself and my family and nothing else and whatever makes me happy. So being creative or interviewing people makes me happy. So let's, let me just keep that going right now and, and see where that takes me. Um, so it's great that you said that, but let's dive right right into it. Um, only you, you know, could be the best at explaining exactly what you do and all of the different entities that you're involved in. Um, so expand on that a little bit for me. Okay, so um, just a little bit of background on me. Um, you want me to take it all the way back to like school or like just? No, we, we'll get we'll go back there. Um, but right now, as of you know, 2020. You know, what is your name attached to? What are, what are you involved in? Okay, for sure. Um, so I started a boutique public relations agency called Full Purpose. I established that in 2018. Um, what that looks like is that I focus mainly on making digital placements for my clients, um, media relations mostly. So um, I work in several types of industries. Like I first started, when I first started out, I was doing more so nonprofit and a lot of philanthropy type of clients. But since I've evolved and, um, you know, connected different people that expanded to uh, the entertainment industry and to music specifically and um, some, some event management, which is something that was really new to me because I was definitely um, more a behind the scenes type of publicist. I was definitely doing pitching and I was, doing a lot of PR writing, but I wasn't really out in the world and, you know, in events and things like that. So that's something that I've recently started doing and which I enjoy. And I really, I really like that part of PR, but PR is so much. I'm just trying to figure out like, <laughs> what do I like to do and what was good for me in that realm in PR public relations. So that that's really important that you said that the, the fact of what do I actually like to do? Well, you're 24, right, Court? Yeah, I just turned 24. We'll go. Hey, Aries gang in a building. <laughs> so, you know, we hear we hear a lot of conversations and people in our age group um, that are, you know, just really stressed out or they feel bad about themselves because they don't know exactly what they want to do. How would you touch on the fact of it's okay to not know what you want to do? Definitely. Like, I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I started. Like, is it crazy? Like, I just started... I opened my agency the same year I graduated from undergrad. So it was just like, I was really winging, not winging it, but like I had to have some experience, but I didn't know all I wanted to do. I thought I was going to be this full service agency doing social media. We doing, we doing events, we doing this, we doing that. And just, and I'm like, it's only one of me. Like, it's cute <laughs> to think about, but. Um, since I started, I've definitely, I'm looking to find my niche and what I like to do and what is the best thing for me and PR and still, you know, make money and, you know, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Be successful in that realm. Absolutely. So, um, so would you say that's a prime example of, you know, just walking out on faith or taking a leap of faith and saying, fuck it, I'm gonna just do it. I know that this experience will help me. This will be my my uh my experience that I'm learning for myself. First, like me even starting was just a simple walk out on faith. Um, I didn't necessarily have all the experience that I wanted. I knew I wanted to work for myself. I knew I wanted to be my own boss. That was always a goal of mine. But I thought it was gonna be later down the road. I thought I was gonna be in a I was gonna work for, you know, have more experience in the well not in the agency, but in the industry before I you know branched out and did my own thing. Um, I definitely didn't see it like this, but um, I just walked out on faith. I'm like, you know what? Where I was at wasn't serving me. So I'm like, I might as well just do this shit on my own and so, play it like that. So what particular situation um, happened 
where it sped up your process to to now you you want to be your own boss. Girl, you might as well get comfortable with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it, sis. Come on. Let me break it all the way down. So um, right after graduation, I worked for an agency that I interned for in undergrad. So it was a perfect situation for me. I'm like, wow, I'm I'm graduating. I got a job lined up right away in the field that I'm studying. Like that's a college grad's dream. Like it's rare that you instantly start working in the field that you that you study. Mm-hmm. So I was just ecstatic. I was blessed. I made this opportunity for once in a lifetime. So um, I worked there. I did that. And baby, when I tell you, <laughs> it's just not what I thought it was going to be. Like, and one thing about me is if I see something that ain't serving me, I'm up. Listen. And listen, and you and I both had that such in common. Like, I listened to your first episode. I already knew that was your experience because we had that conversation. Mm-hmm. But how you got the fuck up out of there? <laughs> <laughs> got the fuck on, okay? Got the fuck got on. The fuck on. <laughs> I'm... I'm exactly like that. I I feel like um, I graduated in May. I started there in June. I was up by like October. I'm like, <laughs> I was out of there. Like, I'm about to sit up and play with y'all. Like, the yeah, money. fuck that. And we gonna wait to add this to the resume. No, I'm I'm a bounce now. Um, I'm a bounce now. Thank you for all that you've given me an opportunity, but we gonna bounce now. You know that mean with the uh, <laughs> the, that heavy set dude. You put the deuces up. <laughs> Right up. Yeah, that's me. Up. Do you hear me? Like the money was funny, but just my overall experience, it just it just didn't serve me. Um, and I was so disappointed because it was my first real job in PR. Like this is all I ever wanted to do was mm-hmm. be a publicist and to be in this space where I'm working with clients and I'm doing everything that I studied for the last four years. So. And it just didn't do it for me. Um, I'm going to refrain from the names and, you know, really get diving into the details. But it, I quickly realized that um, that wasn't for me. So really, when I started Full for a Press, I was mad as hell. Like, I'm like, how dare motherfuckers try to play me like, like <laughs> this? And that, that energy I put forth building my brand and building who I wanted to be. It was more so like, I'll show you niggas. Like, if you play mm, me, put that fire in you. Put that, it definitely put that fire in me. And then once I got over that hump of like trying to show people what I'm about and really started making it about me and about, you know, finding my identity and everything, that's when I really started seeing some success um, early on. So I had to shift that energy from saying like, oh, I'm going to show you and really put it, you know, in a positive direction and do it for me. Mm. I, I definitely saw that's a word right there. <laughs> that, that really is. That really is. Cause you you know, putting that energy, trying to prove something to somebody else, you need to prove it to yourself. Absolutely. And I learned that quick. <laughs> I learned that real quick. <laughs> so did you know anything about, you know, when you wanted to start it when you wanted to start this, did you know anything about an LLC and all of that? Girl, hell no. <laughs> Listen, so I met, I've, I'm, luckily I have a, um, a really good support system of people that led me in the right direction to get to where I am because I had reached up to a profile of mine and she put me, um, and she put me in a conversation with an accountant and mm-hmm. he basically broke it down for me how to, you know, file for the LLC, file for the name. Do all the, you know, the basics to start your own company, the EIN number to your banking account, to all the, you know, he mm-hmm. broke it down for me. And I'm so thankful for him um, for doing that. Um, and that definitely gave me some insight to how to start my own thing. And from there, um, we got to pop it for sure. Okay. Okay. So talk, talk to us about your first client and what that looked like and even the experience of growing with your first client. Yeah. Um, I, I'm fortunate enough to have such a revolutionary first client. Um, my first client, they were called Baxter Butterfly. Um, they were a transitional employment organization for formerly incarcerated women. Mm. So they created jobs and opportunities for women who did real time, um, giving them a second chance, giving them a second, um, you know, life journey outside of prison. 
which is something that's so rare and something that, you know, it's hard to find, especially for, you know, it's, it's difficult for people out of prison to get jobs with that mm-hmm. type of, you know, with a record and everything like that. So what she did was take um, ex-felons and turn them into purse designers. So not only was she um, revolutionary in what she was doing and how she was impacting society, but she made fire bags. Like, they were really... Um, they're made out of um, wood. Like, it's, it's so wow. hard for me to explain, but they were hard. Like, <laughs> they had these... Um, and it was all recyclable, good for the um, in the environment, everything like that. But we saw a lot of success um, just pitching their story and doing things for them because of how revolutionary. I keep using this word because that's the only word I really can describe, like, this type of um, company that she had. And it was just an amazing experience, amazing first experience. We, we made national placements within the first, like, month of working together. So, so you see this? Okay. <laughs> Talk your shit real quick. That was partially because of me, but partially uh, because of such a great job that she was doing. So definitely shout out to Bags of Butterflies and Michelle Smart. Now you make it sound so easy. Like you just jumped into it. You got the plug and everything <laughs> like that. Right. But I want to know, and we want to know, you know, how did you learn how did you learn from this experience? Like, how would you able to, okay, all right. So with this particular client, I need to use these type of tools or I need to use this type of angle. Was there books that you read? You know, was there a specific type of, you know, research that you did online? Was there time out the day that you put towards your business and said, I need to research, you know, to become a better publicist? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and the thing about it is that I just kept focusing on my pitch and how I was writing, and which is definitely a huge aspect of PR, but I had to get out there and meet people. I had to build relationships. Like um, I had to go out. I was going to mixers. I was meeting new people within the media. I was building good relationships because it's more so I can keep sending you over emails and like, okay, please place this and, you know, following up and doing all that. But when you really have a really good relationship with someone, um, and within that realm, within media, I definitely turned, it definitely made that positive turn for me because part of that, I didn't know these people. I was just mm-hmm. aimlessly just sending stuff out, hoping that somebody would pick it up. But now I can call this person. I can say, like, well, you know, well, I got some heat. Like, right, check right. me out. Because there's rapport there. Re- there's rapport. Now we had that relationship. So that's definitely something that I learned right away in PR that is, you gotta, you gotta get out there. You gotta know these people. You gotta, you know, build that rapport. So, what do you say to that uh, creative who, you know, has social anxiety or who just don't want to go, you know, to that mixer or to that networking event by themselves? Man, that's hard because I go everywhere by myself. <laughs> so I feel like I met you. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, like I don't know because like I've never been a socially like anxious or awkward person. Um, I wish I had the answer to that, but I, I unfortunately don't. I just feel like maybe, um, maybe going with somebody a couple times, but don't be so. I'm gonna just talk to you for the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, are there talking? Are there are there talking points that you use? Anything specific, or you just you don't know, go up to somebody and let it fly? I really want to get to know about the, the other person if I'm going to approach somebody. Like, hey, how are you? Who are you? What's going on with you? Like. I make the focal part, the focal point that person instead of me, instead of me pitching to them, like, oh, this is what I do. I'm a publicist, y'all. I do this. I do that. I want to know what you do. And then I'm going to get into it and, you know, introduce myself. Um, uh, knowing you, so so knowing you, Court, um, being an attractive woman that you are, how do you, you separate the two and create that balance there um, to make sure that men know that you aren't hitting on them or, you know, you want them to hit on you when it's just strictly just business? Yeah. Um, honestly, that's something I had to sit down with you to talk about. You know, our situation, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. our experience of working together, like, I needed advice because I didn't know, like, this was news to me. Like, definitely separating that business and, like, this ain't that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I had to become not 
abrasive but or aggressive but i had to stay i had to put my foot down yeah, I'm niggas, firm. That's what yeah. I be firm. like i had to tighten up and be like okay this is this and this is that like this ain't this and this ain't that you yeah. know put it all out on the table and say what it is because um if you don't openly communicate that right away people will get the wrong impression it'll just be a mess um so yeah. just being firm yeah you gotta let you gotta let niggas know right off the gate like the the first shot you gotta shoot it right down so how did that make you feel you know being a creative and having having the talent that you have how did that make you feel when you have so many different scenarios of men trying to hit on you when you're solely just trying to do business um i've in a case where like in, in a case like that where i've had to shoot somebody down like it's affecting my business. Oh, mm-hmm. then well, you don't want to work with me no more. I, I ain't saying I want to work with you no more, but you got to come correct. Mm-hmm. So because I didn't let that slide, I initially lost out on that client. And that's, well, honestly, that's cool with me because before, say this was like two years prior, I would have been sad. Like I'd have been like, oh, I done missed out on the opportunity because of this. But now I understand like, and you know, being in the business a little longer like that, not every client is for you. Not every bag is like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not really worth not. it. It's, it's really not. <laughs> it's really not. So I had to come to terms with myself and um, you know, it and being honest and, and being, you know, speaking my truth and if they don't like that, they don't like it. Fuck it. You know what I mean? And that's that's where I've been with it now. But it took me a while to get to that point. Yeah, I I can see that. You know, being younger, you just want everything to work in your favor. Um, was there any situations that you had and they understood that, that situation and you put that boundary there and they still wanted to work or you, do you think all of them just was like, yeah, let's not do business anymore? I don't know. Um, definitely people have, I can say that they respected my decision and definitely wanted to work. Um, you know what I'm saying? We can be two attractive people and then get business done. Like, this is not the end all be all. It's not like, oh, we can't work together because we're not doing this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, you just talking to the right people. And um, yeah. So, I want to take it to a different angle. You know, as a woman of color, you know, mm-hmm. what are what are some of the the challenges that you faced in this industry? Where I do see that is every day in my day job. Like, I'm one of the youngest people. I'm Black, I'm a woman, and I see that a lot. But when it comes to where I am um, as an entrepreneur and in those spaces, I work in pretty Black spaces, so. So um, when you touch on your day job and, you know, you see those experiences uh, every day, is that more so motivational um, when you leave work, like, well, you know, let me get this shit together real quick because I'm tired of being yeah. in this. Absolutely. Um, because, just because I don't see myself being a, a full-time employee for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. um, I'm using these experiences to fuel me for the future when it comes to entrepreneurship and full-time entrepreneurship. Um, I'm using these experiences to, uh, you know, essentially be able to react to them in a different type of space. So just because I'm not experiencing that now as an entrepreneur doesn't mean I won't experience that in the future. And these, what I'm doing now and the obstacles that I'm facing now are um, helping me for when I do get to that point. So talk to me about um, you having experience and we've dealt with this together. So this is why I asked the question. Okay. <laughs> Talk to me about an experience of, um, you know, someone who may portray, you know, as a mentor or someone who is willing to help you. But in the long run, it it turns out to be, you know, someone sabotaging you or someone not really having the best favor um, in your business entities. That's tough. That was that was a really tough experience because I don't know if I just and I'm not even the type of person to put all my trust in somebody just off of that. But in these in these professional type of spaces, you just kind of expect different from people. Like you expect people to come a little differently when yeah. it comes, you know, to to business and put it on the floor like that. But um, that was hard to deal with. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. I didn't really know how to react to it. 
and um it just makes me as like when I when I progress as a publicist and as an entrepreneur when if somebody were to come to me um you know looking for mentorship it makes me not want to respond in that way I would never want to play somebody like that <laughs> I don't have it in me I don't have it I don't in have me it. like time to play with somebody like that it, uh, yeah it's like it's it's really sad because it's a black woman you know what I'm saying and I'm sure she's probably faced the same you know challenges or whatever the case may be as you and here here she is she's playing at a different angle so it's just really sad that like damn I can't trust you either so you know here I am trying to not necessarily fight this battle but fight this battle with men and I have to watch my back with women too, like my own. And I, I thought that in this industry, being one of the toughest, you know, just in the media industry, that we are supposed to stick together. But it doesn't seem like that. Um, and that that leads to the conversation of, I don't want to pinpoint an age group, but it feels like this age group. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, women, Black women, particularly in their late you know, 30s and early 40s, it feels like there is some type of, like, competition that they feel like is happening, which which it isn't. Yeah. And, you know, they think that either, you know, they're, you're going to steal their spot or their position or they just don't like you and you can't figure out what the fuck I do to you. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, like, have you, so have you experienced, you know, even in the workforce or um aside from you know the situation that you and I had together have you experienced anything like that when I started my new job or my day job um like I mentioned before I'm probably like the I'm definitely the youngest there's not too many that look like us in the office and um it's few women at that so Mm -hmm. And the few women that are, they're like in the age range that you mentioned. But I'm thinking the relationship is going to be like, oh, another one of us. Hoorah. You know what I'm saying? We got to stick together, right? But that definitely wasn't the case. Like, and that was disheartening. Um, I don't know what it is about the aunties, bro. Like, <laughs> Not the aunties. <laughs> what they own with they? Yeah, man. I wish I knew. I, I wish I understood it. And I. I just wish that we could come together. I know this is like a kumbaya moment, but I really can't understand it. I, I just, I really can't from job interviews that I've had or, you know, just experiences that I've had in the last year. It just, the energy was off, feeling funny. And, you know, and maybe we, maybe it's wrong for us to pinpoint an age group, but maybe we could just stick to that person as that character. How about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I want to um, generalize, but. Yeah. so what does um the the quote you know I made it what does that look like for you oh I made it oh what does I made it mean for me like um like if you could list off a few accolades that you've accomplished to say Mm -hmm. I made it okay um I I measure a lot of my success are placements. Like I would love to get like a essence placement or speaking into existences. Speaking. Come on now. I would, I would love like I would I would love for those opportunities. Um, like a not even even in like hip hop world like a double XL mm. or a, you know a no jumper something you know in those rooms like not that I made it but I'm getting closer to where I could when I when I made it okay so would it be a better question to ask you what do you want your legacy to look like oh damn I should have looked some shit up before we go I know you're gonna come with me (laughs) (laughs) okay what does my legacy look like um I don't want my legacy to to encompass not just me but but who I also impacted. Um, I want to be at a point where right now I don't have a mentor. I don't have nobody I can call up right now and say, I need some advice or something. And I want to be that for someone else, you know, struggling through 
entrepreneurship or just not just entrepreneurship but anything in life I want to be that type of outlet for somebody and to essentially give back and have those opportunities that I wasn't fortunate to have but I kind of had to hustle and get on my own I want to help other people in that way Mm -hmm. I I obviously want to get there figure me out and then help others (laughs) figure it out for themselves so I always tell myself that um, to get into this industry, I don't want um, the challenges or whatever hurdles that we had to go through. I don't want that to be, you know, for the young black and brown kids that are coming up under us. Like, I, okay, I see that you are talented or I see that you can articulate yourself well. Let me just give you this opportunity instead of putting you through all this crazy shit just to prove yourself, you know? And, Absolutely. Um, I think we should we should all have that experience. Now I ask you, you know, when you know our older generation say that we are entitled, we feel entitled to, you know, um have certain positions or certain accolades so soon on. Do you agree with that or do you feel like, oh, I'm working my ass off and I feel like this should just happen? Yeah, we be working our ass off. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like that whole entitled thing, I feel like they don't I don't know why I don't feel like we work hard, but our generation our generation works smarter. They mm. want us on our ass. They want us, you know, sweating and doing all this type of crazy <laughs> shit. But <laughs> working at the plant for twenty years, we that ain't never gonna be me. Like <laughs> everybody do no crazy shit like that. We work smarter. We create positions for ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we go. We just think outside the box. Like we're not about to just conform to something just because it's traditional. Like, we're not about to just say, like, oh, this is going to be... You know what I'm saying? We're less traditional and more progressive. That's why mm. people don't really fuck with millennials point. like that. Um, it's not that we don't work hard. We work it smarter and we're doing it differently. And they're doing it like y'all ain't seen before. So, mm. it's... Yeah, it's... We're we, we working hard. This is a different it. way. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's different tools. So, shit different working hard behind a computer you know instagram or you know on an online course or whatever it looks different than actual do, doing you know hard labor hard labor like just because somebody's a content creator on instagram doesn't mean that oh they're not they're not working hard they're not doing what they're doing um just because i'm not putting car parts together and crisis don't mean, <laughs> you know what i mean like no shade i don't mean to yeah that can, that can come off shady but like that's just never <laughs> So how does working in this industry, being an entrepreneur, affect romantic relationships that you have or have had? Yeah, so, you know, you and I have had the luxury of, you know, working together. So um, in the midst of us doing a particular project, uh, we were working with people in entertainment industry. um, and, And who I was dealing with at the time wasn't the most supportive of it just because based off like who I was around, what type of, um environment I was in I don't know where the insecurity lie but it was a difficult situation for me because it was like I'm not here for that mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was just a constant conversation like I'm not here for that like we here to make this project where we here to get get this money we here to you know push whatever the project we're pushing and the fact that I was in those spaces it was just like there was like a instant distrust and I'm like that shit is so lame to me like I'm mm-hmm. that's I didn't come here for that and just constantly having to explain that to somebody that work is work and business is business and that's what it is and that's what it's always going to be is kind of exhausting. Like, you should be able to trust that what I'm doing is what I'm doing. You yeah. know That's so irritating. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. I mean, oh shit. So what are some key things that you will pinpoint, you know, in a man um moving forward that you make sure okay he has to be secure and comfortable um with whatever I do moving forward because we won't have that same situation again yeah um <laughs> shit I don't even know what that conversation looks like like <laughs> it's it's just like don't be on no little boy shit like you know what I'm saying I'm not worried about who you're talking to at work you don't be worried about who I'm you know what I mean especially in those early stages anyway Sounds like Courtney is not trying to be in a relationship anytime I'm soon, not. you guys. <laughs> Please don't. I'm that is not, not Courtney's speed, okay? <laughs> Courtney is a player to the day she die. If you don't know, now nah, you know. 
So any nigga in her DMs, and I've seen them in the DMs. <laughs> any nigga in the DMs trying to shoot they shot and be in a uh, committed relationship, you're not getting it out the good sis court. Not yet. <laughs> I need a little bit of time. That's all I need. <laughs> no, so I mean that's a real conversation because is that on purpose where you feel like you know what? Me personally, I know myself and I know that I need to focus on my business. I can't really do both at the same time. Or you just feel like, you know what, I haven't really found that, you know, right person that I want to commit to. Or is it all the above shit? It's not even like I I don't want to be in a relationship or I don't want to take nobody seriously is man the dating pool out here is tough bro yeah. like this single shit is weird yeah. like <laughs> um and you know I, I bro it's just I don't know I was, it's not saying that I don't want to do it it's just like it's hard out here you know I feel like niggas are scared of me I feel like niggas are intimidated by me mm-hmm. why is that I really feel that way um really because well first off like men around my age that's a dub I can't do it mm-hmm. sorry I feel like I don't got shit to talk to a 23 24 year old about I really don't mm-hmm. um and I feel like uh, once once I tell them what I'm on, what I've done, what I'm doing, it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Wow, this is a little too yeah. much for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um yeah, just just that battle. <laughs> Do <with> that. <laughs> I can see that for sure. I mean, honestly, I mean, I've come into situations similar where they feel like they they haven't, you know, done what I've what I've done and just feel intimidated. It's like, well shit, I wouldn't be talking to you if yeah, you know, like if you just, I don't really know why, you know, that's why it's all self. That's that kind of the all personal issues that you have within yourself. Because if I'm yeah. willing to, you know, indulge in this conversation or move forward any kind, kind of way, then that means I'm okay with it. Everybody's right. starting point is different. Literally. You know what okay. I'm saying? Like somebody could be 28 and they're just getting started, but their takeoff could be a lot faster than mine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I could be, you know, where I'm at now and take off and and be, you know, farther than someone who started at 23. Like, it just, it doesn't matter. And you can't, you know, focus on other people's situations. I've learned yeah. that with, um, you know, graduating from college. And I had, I had heard a, a good scenario where it's like, okay, you're in the gym and you're on the treadmill and you run on the treadmill, you run on the treadmill and say you've been, you know, you've been running for about seven minutes or so, right? You kind of tired, but you, you still, you still doing what you're doing. And you know, your speed is probably on like a, a three, five or something like that. Right. Somebody comes up on the treadmill, they turn their shit on, they turn it on, you know, they get the, the, to, to walking fast first. And then they turn their shit up to like, a four seven or a five and they just going and you like oh shit I kind of look bad a little bit you know what Don't I'm saying like that come next to you trying to do too much <laughs> <laughs> you feel me you feel me and it's just like you know what but I can't I I personally can't do a four seven or a, or a five right now mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but y'all may be getting to the same place he may or she may be re- jogging for two miles right but maybe her two miles is just quicker than yours as long as you get to your two miles nigga don't matter how you get to it, as long as you get to it that's the easiest way for you to get up off your path worrying about somebody else's journey man what the easiest way to distract yourself it is and you know i just hope we we are able to understand that as a collective because to be honest is as much as i can you know describe it or as easy as it may sound shit i deal with that shit too sometimes like damn I get to scrolling on Instagram and I see this person and they doing magnificent. And I'm like, shit, they out here grinding. And then I just feel, start feeling bad or, you know, whatever, feel like I'm not doing enough. And then, you know, the next day I'm like, I'm really doing what I'm doing for me. You know, I'm really doing what I'm doing for me. But also I look at you as a brand yourself. 
Um, but how do you balance the two and how do you separate the two from having a brand yourself, but also, you know, working on branding for other clients? Yeah, that's that's a really good question because that's something that we as publicists in, in the realm of PR, something that we talk about all the time because there is an old school or a traditional PR compared to what we consider new school PR. Mm-hmm. So old school PR is all about pushing your client's brand and all about that side of brand management. But when you think about new school PR, it's incorporating your brand and managing brands of others. So um, in those two spaces, it's like old school PR is just like, no, nah, that, that shit did. Like mm-hmm. it's all about the client. Your focal point is the client. You're supposed to play the back seat anyway. The public people aren't even really supposed to see you. Mm. Like you are, you know, the mastermind behind this big idea and you play a, a, definite, a definite behind scenes role. Where new school PR is more so like, this is who I am as a publicist. I'm putting myself out there as well as putting my clients out there mm-hmm. as well. But um, for me personally, how um, how I deal with both at the same time is just that my focal point, you know, when I'm working is definitely my client. I definitely put... Um, a lot of the the focal point on the project I'm working on, on whatever that is, and my brand is kind of some. I I like to separate it personally. Like, say if I'm at an event with a client or something, like I'm not about to be all in the pictures. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is my client, y'all. You know what I mean? <laughs> come over to death but, row, you know, not like you ain't like Diddy. In those spaces, yes, like you know that's that's their focal point. That's what they got going on. But um, I definitely like to separate the two if, mm-hmm. if it comes down to those, um, if it comes down to that, that's me. So, you know, you being a publicist and everything like that, I'm sure, you know, artists or whoever, you know, they're going to hear this interview and they may want to reach out. What are some things that they need to have prior to reaching out to you say, you know what, I'll consider this conversation? A budget. Don't come to me when you got a budget, baby. Um, set your budget aside. That's the first thing I want to know. Do you have a budget for PR? Do you mm-hmm. even know what PR is? Do you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, is PR right for you right now? Mm-hmm. You just started your t-shirt line. Do you think you need PR right now? Just just think about That's where you are. That's the same for management, though. Like, you just starting. <laughs> Do you think you need a manager? <laughs> right now. <laughs> you, <laughs> moment, you think so? Yeah. But are you you sure you have that work overload? (laughs) You feel me? Like, definitely my number one is is budget. And two is, is it the right time for you? Because Mm -hmm. right now, it may not, you may not need a publicist right now. And and figuring out that timeline. And um, yeah, those are my top two for sure. So when you talk about, you know, your worth and your value that you bring to people, um, what was the first conversation and how did it go um, when you uh, talked about your monthly retainers? <laughs> Baby, <laughs> it took me so long to really want to charge my worth. Like, I thought about the demographic. I thought about my clientele. I thought about, damn, what could they afford? Um can I really charge this? I'm really still starting out. Do you think that people will hold me if I was going to tell them that this is how much I am a month and um, this is the type of buzz you need to put aside? Like, a lot of it, a lot of came down to um, valuing myself and knowing that I put a lot of work into this. Mm-hmm. And that regardless of how I feel about if somebody can afford it and, you know, things of that nature, like I have to value myself and and charge my worth for mm. sure, for sure. I feel like I was definitely under like people got some deals, okay? <laughs> Early on, people got some blowout deals and not blowout deals. <laughs> take, take that out. Take that out. No, it's not right. <laughs> no, that's funny. I'm keeping that in. I'm keeping oh, it in. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, like I would definitely wasn't charging my worth right away. And now that I've gained more experience and had those experiences, then for sure it, it took a minute though. It wasn't like off the bat, like yeah. mm. so what would you what would you tell, you know, that young girl or that young guy that's up and coming and or they feel like, you know, 
shit, they've been here for a minute. How would you tell them to start that conversation uh, to someone that they've been working with for a while? Oh, you got to just tell them. You got to just put it out on the table. Like, and you ain't even got to get into explaining yourself about this is what I do and this is how I work this and this is how I work that. But um, just knowing that, first of all, if we talk specifically about PR, PR ain't never been cheap hmm. in any realm. Like, you, you, if you hiring a, a top firm right now, you coming out of tens of thousand dollars a month. You know what I'm saying? Nothing mm-hmm. ever been cheap about PR. So knowing that the industry that you tapping into is just like it's a lucrative business, first of all, and um, just doing it the right way and valuing yourself. That conversation just is very, it's very transparent. Like, look, this is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They're gonna have to respect it, and then. You know, if you have such a great relationship where you can talk about, you know, negotiating and bartering things like that, um, that's you. But definitely having a transparent conversation about how much it is and how much you charge is, you know, important. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I know that we, you know, went through um, a lot of your accolades and what you're doing, you know, as a publicist. But how important and how do you set yourself apart Um from being any typical publicist? Um, that's a really good question. What I like to do personally is find my niche and stick to that. Because um, what a lot, not just NPR, but just the people across any industry, they feel like the goal is to reach everybody. I want to hit everybody with my message. I want it to be like, uh, you know, just accessible to everyone. But that may not be the role that you particularly need to take. Um, me just honing down and finding who my audience is, what my clientele looks like, what industries do those uh, encompass, and breaking it down from there. That's how I feel like I've set myself apart and been successful so far. Okay. Walk me through um, what finding your niche feels like and what that vision looks like um because sometimes we may receive messages or you know feel like we're being aligned with god if you're spiritual but not really knowing how to take in that that message so how do you um really just separate that and say okay this is my niche how i personally figured that out was just based off experience i worked in an industry and i'm like "Eh, i don't know if that's for me and then kind of not saying I was fickle with it, but I didn't really like that. So I'm like, okay, let me try something else. So it was really for me, it was just trial and error. Um, if this didn't work out for me, I went and, you know, tried something new and I liked that. So I continued to learn more about that and, and research about that and um, get my skill set set up in that particular industry. Yes. I mean, I naturally, I knew, I knew I wanted to be within like sports entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's something that I'm, I'm already interested in. Um, being an athlete, um, I love sports, um, particularly basketball, but, um, and then I found some success already just in entertainment alone. So that's how I got introduced to that. But, um, just in those realms, just following my interests naturally and, um, moving from there. Now you, um, you talk, you talked a little bit about, you know, trial and error. I think that's really important because us as a community, we think that we're supposed to be perfect. Like we think that, you know, when we drop something, it has to look a certain way or it has to be a certain way. And do you think that we as a community put that pressure on one another? Where we get that pressure from is off social media. For me personally, like, I feel like if I see somebody drop some flawless shit, like that means that what I'm doing ain't right, and I gotta set my game up. And then, mm. like how 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 we kind of talked earlier about uh, you know social media and having that type of pressure or whatever. But um, that's how I feel like how that pressure is even established is off social media alone. And then what we see on social media don't even really be like, can we really say for that's what it is for real? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. We showing our best selves all the time yeah. on social media, so. Um, just kind of taking away that aspect of it and um, being able to just be real with yourself and wrong with yourself. Like, okay, this didn't work and it's okay. It didn't work because yeah. you don't always have to be um, a perfect situation. I don't always have to look 
like that all the time. So I, that's definitely how I learned. If I didn't have those spaces where I didn't do so well and learn from that, I wouldn't, you know, I've seen some of the success that I've seen so far. That you, I mean, you're correct. Um, has your life or your, you know, your field changed because of the pandemic? Um, it definitely changed. Just like you and I were just about to work on a project together that mm-hmm. uh, required us to, you know, we was on the phone with labels and getting everything done. So that definitely slowed a lot of things up for me, especially getting back into the event management space. Um, that definitely slowed things down, but it's also caused me to focus. So I'm not mad at it. Um, I'm here for it for the moment. Um, I'm I'm doing what is I'm doing the best I can with what I can at this point, and I'm learning as much as I can. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I've been taking online courses. Um, I've been taking advantage of a lot of different, you know, online platforms and things that people have recently started. So that's dope. What are some of the online classes that you're taking? So if you didn't know, um, actually Harvard is having free online classes. So I've signed up for two humanities courses. One was just like some fun shit I wanted to just learn about, about um, like uh, omens. And it's like a week long class. I just wanted to learn more about like that. Like, okay. Weird astronomy, astrology type of place. I just had like a, a thing about that. And then another one starts in May on public speaking and persuasive writing. Something mm. that, uh, yeah, so that's a gem you, right there because I'll be signing up. Absolutely, I'm seeing the link. So if you please do, <laughs> Harvard has free online courses. So that's that's definitely what I've been doing. And I've been listening to different um, lives with people that I look up to with PR and mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. I got to check out R and B and Tap Women in Music. Okay, okay. Them. Shout out to y'all. Um, I definitely enjoyed that as well. So, um, with that being said, my good sis Court, I appreciate you for being on the show. Uh, you thank, bl- you, thank you. It was about damn time. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely dropped some gems. I'm sure you'll be back. Um, but thank you for coming on. You guys are now tapped into Gen CEO episode three. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay black and blessed.